are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today on Westwood One. I am Steve Dace, hence the name of the show. Todd and Aaron are here as well. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show podcast. Thank you to those of you who have subscribed on iTunes and Stitcher. If you've yet to do so, please click that little subscribe button. It helps to grow the podcast. The more of you that do that, encourage others to do the same. And then that encourages CRTV, our benevolent overlords who power this podcast every year, every day. It encourages them to keep underwriting it maybe for another year and thus making it free for you. And thank you to those of you that have also left us positive reviews. If you've not yet been able to do that and you have a few minutes to do so, Please, uh, again, that's how you can help us to find more people just like you. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And Todd and Aaron, we just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. It is the Dace Group Roundtable. I don't even think I have to ask you guys what stood out to you about this episode you want to tease because something happened in real time as we were doing the program that just I just think perfectly don't you guys sum up yes what the political yep. environment in America is like now on a daily basis yes and it happened in real time mm-hmm. we all sat around and thought this is a political this is a gift from the political gods right and then by the time we get to the end of the show, we're like, and oh, they're not going to take advantage of it. That's, what's your motto? The one who's dumbest last loses. One who's dumbest last loses, right? Didn't that play out in real time today on CRTV? It was really dumb. Yes. Really dumb. Well, you can watch that for yourself today. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. If you're not yet a subscriber, that'll get you access to not just our show, but all of the shows we do each and every day right here at CRTV.com. Promo code DACE. That's for us, Michelle Malkin, Steven Crowder, the great one, Mark Levin, et al. I know if you're like me and you watch it, about halfway through, I was about to hit the eject button and just go back and watch marxist madness it was it was our second burn it all down show this this week something tells me it won't be the last one yeah um we're gonna be probably having to do a lot of those yeah they keep handing us kerosene yeah that what are we it's not to light a match yeah. right we're the victims here i agree i'm glad somebody else finally understands that and sees it we are the victims here we can't control our impulses no of course we can't we shouldn't be asked to no Dare I say we were born this way? Yeah, <laughs> guys, uh, you guys want an update on uh, on scoring for Marxist Madness? Absolutely, yeah. Do we have one already. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. We've had we've received hundreds of votes so far, and the closest matchup so far now now the number one seed, screaming Trump inauguration girl, got off to a storming good start against the five seed booing God. Uh, but overnight, Booing God came back and took a big lead, and now we're back to being tied. This is going to be open. This voting is going to be open all through the weekend, so just go to Steve's Facebook page. But, uh, yeah, Screaming T- Trump, uh, Inauguration Girl, and Booing God are tied. 
uh, angry atheist over Essential Antifa. That's a 7-3 game. Uh, Bernie Sanders, religious bigot, is cleaning up uh, Howard Dean right, Dean right now in the Swamp Region, 91-8. to Wow. Uh, let's see. Also, Tears of Rage Booker is beating Death Stare Pelosi. That's a 2-3 matchup. That was my pick out of that region. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the 1-4 matchup, Lawrence O'Donnell versus Behead Trump in the Holly Weird region. Uh, that was neck and neck for most of yesterday afternoon. Behead Trump now has taken a pretty nice lead, 65-35 to 35 over Lawrence O'Donnell. Uh, the rest is pretty much chalk. Nothing, nothing else too close right now. Uh, Zoe Turr is, uh, may I say, strangling the competition right now. <laughs> nice. That's a 2-6 matchup uh, over Fight in Utopia. But right now, Bernie Sanders, religious bigot, has the biggest lead of any of the matchups. And if people want to vote in this, they just have to go to our Facebook page? Yeah, Facebook page. You'll see the link there on uh, SurveyMonkey. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I've got Behead Trump coming out of that region. As a four seed, I thought I they were. That, yeah. I thought Behead Trump was underseeded. Yeah, I could have made that the number one seed in that region yeah. almost. All right, let's get to it. It's a feedback Friday. These are some of the responses that you have sent to us via the SteveDace.com inbox, either email, Twitter, or Facebook. Let's begin. Hope I pronounced this right because he's a doctor. Samuel Abate, I think that's how it's pronounced. Okay. Since there was no Dace group last week, I will have to fulfill my needs to hear predictions with one of my own. The Mueller investigation will drag on long enough for them to provide an October surprise. The surprise will be designed to be the final nail in the coffin for the Republican da- Republicans dashing their hopes for the November election. Thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, what did I say on the television sh- show today? I have no idea. I an October surprise. Um, dead air is fun. I, I, I don't even know how <laughs> because to you're trying to remotely intelligent Let me about help this. Because I think I know why you have dead air. What would the surprise be? I mean, Trump hired a guy who literally put on his Facebook page checking in with the Russians at Trump Tower. Remember that clown? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, he can... Cont- in the midst of all of this going on, there is actual evidence that was leaked to the media because I'm not doing anonymous stuff, but but this is there's apparently like a paper trail that was leaked that shows, over the advice of his own national security people, he called Putin to congratulate him for his uh, fake election win last week. We're in an environment where supposedly a guy whose resume says he's the, he's, he is one of the most decorated law enforcement officers and prosecutors in American history, apparently was unawares that one of the, his chief investigators was a complete and total Hillary hack. We went and got, we went and got um, permission to surveil a political campaign based on evidence gathered and collected and paid for by the rival presidential campaign. Should I? Can I just keep going? 
Yeah. Last night, a woman appeared on CNN, former Playboy Bunny, to tell us about the affair she had with Trump over a decade ago and wanted us to know she voted for Trump. She's not trying to hurt him. Uh-huh. And she's not doing this for any reason whatsoever. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, the president wants you to believe that he didn't knock boots with Stormy Daniels and his attorney privately, without disclosing it, by which the law requires to the Federal Election Commission, just, I think he even took out some equity on his own home to do this, handed her a check for 130 grand out of, the, out of his own pocket just because it was a Thursday. Should we keep going? This is the point where you ask yourself, what else could we possibly find? What, what surprise is out there that doesn't already make you assume the worst about people that are deserving of it anyway? Like, should, did I mention that, you know, Trump was, uh, was uh, uh, tapping it with uh, Stormy Daniels while his wife, who's a former lesbian porn actress or model, was home pregnant with his kid? I mean... These are these are the people we're talking about. Yes. Which so, is so, so what what would the Mueller what would we learn in October? The guy we saw him on camera say, "Well, you know, if you're famous, you just grab him by the hoo ha and they'll let you do whatever right. you want to." That's what I was struggling with. There will be a surprise, but it won't be remotely surprising. That's what I was <laughs> struggling for. Uh, there's going to be something, but it is going to amount to nothing yet again because it's. It, we just got done talking about this show. There's, it's lineup after lineup. You find the resolution of one thing, and all it does is bring the next thing that's going to smack you in the face. So everything is nothing. It's kind of like that what that line um, in the uh, Incredibles when everything is when nobody is wait, wait. when nobody is spe- special when, when, everybody's when everybody's special, special nobody, nobody is. is right. That's yeah. what's happened. So yes, something's going to be there. And we're all going to look at each other. It's like we talked about it on this show. Are we? Are we really going to talk about this? How much are we going to care about this? If we if we believe as you you just did a great show, it's in getting December, great traffic. Yep. Is it really infotainment? Is this all a show or not? Yep. Well, then you can be damn sure during Sweeps Week you're going to get something, but it's going to be incredibly reductionist. It's we've got it. We it's been there, done that territory. We are just up to our eyeballs, and there's nothing new under the sun. Bill Mitchell. Bill Mitchell just tweeted five minutes ago. Who's not a real person, by the way? Trump's hands were tied. Of course. Let's untie them. Hashtag vote GOP 2018. So he wants ah. to untie them by voting for all the same people that just tied his hands. Yeah. The first two fights this president picked were over Nordstrom's dropping his daughter's clothing line and the size of his inaugural crowd compared to Barack Obama's. I mean, the deputy director of the FBI was recommended for firing by a Obama swamp creature inspector general. Trump has not drained the swamp by firing yet. And in his statement, defending himself, said, 
I leak all the time, and Trump's appointed FBI director to replace James Comey, Christopher Wray, who previously worked for Chris Christie and helped him manage the Bridgegate scandal. was his previous gig. That was his previous gig. What was the name of the guy who asked this question? What's the name of the guy who asked the question? The, oh, the, Samuel, Aba- uh, Samuel yeah, Abate. Samuel, that'll teach you yeah. to ask us a question yes. again. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. his, his his defense of yes. himself is I leak all the time and Christopher Ray Trump's new yeah. FBI director that he got from Chris Christie who he, who helped him manage the Bridgegate scandal told me it was perfectly fine to just leak stuff because that's what we do here we leak yeah. to the media that's that's a statement every whatever you think is is the worst you assume about everybody it's all true so again I I don't know I mean. How much more lit are Democrat voters going to get? The only the only thing left to do is to literally light themselves on fire. That's the only thing left. There's like 20 point swings, guys, in all of these special elections. All right. Suddenly, all these districts that that went Trump and states that went Trump in 2016 that were that were all a bunch of racists. They've all gotten sensitivity training in the last 12 months. All right. They're not racist anymore. They're swinging 20 points the other way. So, I mean, in October, we find out there's 4K video of Trump and Putin literally going over the script of what Trump will say on camera. And what, what is the, what, if you are already going to vote Democrat, when you get there the first Tuesday in November, what are you going to do? Stab the ballot? I mean, what, what else is left? How much more, how much, this is why Republicans want a second special counsel. Because they're not going to do anything that's going to give you, that's going to spur you to vote for them. They need a special counsel leaking their asses off about Glenn Simpson and Fusion GPS and Hillary Clinton and Christopher Steele to remind you how terrible all those people are too. In the hopes that you'll just, you'll be as lit and angry as the Democrats are. That's why they want a second special counsel. So I, I, I don't... <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I can't. Just assume the worst about everybody and start and work your way back. Great question, Samuel. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He's just curled up in the corner right now. Just smoking heaters and sucking his thumb. <laughs> what the hell did I do that for? I, it's just, you know what? There's a great quote from my Michigan Wolverines after Jordan Poole hit that shot in the last round. And he got put in for Charles Matthews, one of our starters who fouled out of the game right before that. And so that's, how, that's why Jordan Poole had to be brought in off the bench. And Matthews, that clip, that great clip that went viral of, of Poole running away from his teammates because he's afraid of getting hurt when they tackle him, you know? And Matthews is one of Michigan's biggest, most muscular players, and he's chasing him down. And they, went up to, they went up to Charles Matthews after the game, and they asked to try to get a quote, and he looked at him and said, I don't know, bro. I'm just so lit right now. That's all I got. That was his quote? All right. What October surprise? If Whatever Mueller co- leaks in October... MSNBC is going to go to the streets of Seattle, the streets of New York, Boston, pick a progressive enclave. Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're going to ask Democratic voters, 
what they think of Mueller's October surprise. They're going to be like, Charles Matthews. I don't know, bro. I'm lit right now. That's all I got. I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, they're going to write red rum, red rum, red rum. They're going to red rum on the ballot. I mean, what the hell more could happen to gin up the Democrat base at this point? Let's continue. Bill writes. You sure, Bill? <laughs> Think this through. Yeah. <laughs> Abandon hope, all ye who win. Yeah. That's right. With all the time they have wasted since Trump has been elected, I think that a lot of the Republicans don't want the control of the House and Senate because they really are more Democratic than Republican, and they just don't want to admit it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they have a great op- they have a great gig going right now, Bill. See, I this is something I write in the book I'm working on right now. We don't have losers in politics the way that you assume someone is a loser. Meaning in politics, winning and losing is not a zero sum. I, I'll go back to you know my Michigan Wolverines. Jordan Poole hits that shot. Houston loses everything. Didn't matter how much of the game they led for. Didn't matter how many baskets they scored. Didn't matter how well they played. One team advances. The other one goes home. And they're done. In politics, that's not the way it works for Republicans and Democrats. It may work that way on an individual level for some Republicans and Democrats. But systemically for the parties, they're not fighting over who will win or lose, but over how much each will win. Let me explain. They're really only fighting, depending on the size of the committee and which chamber of of Congress, they're really only fighting over one to seven seats on a committee. It won't be like the Commerce Committee has no Republicans on it if they lose the House this fall. It'll just be that there's a few less than there are of Democrats. They're going to both win. Just one wins more than the other. One side gets a little bit bigger offices. One side gets a few more committee seats. One side gets a little bit more leverage to shake down their donors for more cash than the other because when you're in the majority, there's a few more things you can do for your for your special interests. But it ain't like the Chamber of Commerce is going to be like, oh, Republicans suck now. I'm not giving them any money. Let's give them a little less. They're still going to give them poop loads of money. See where I'm going with this? Yeah. It's a duopoly. It's not a competition. This is why they don't bring out the best in each other. Because... Nobody loses. One side just wins more than the other. And so when you run a party like the Republican Party and that doesn't believe in what its own base believes, you are running the greatest, the greatest con in world history. Because what you get to do is if you win, then you get more of the winning. And if you lose, you still get some of the winning because you're the other party of the duopoly, so you never go away. But on top of that, you will make up whatever you lose or whatever less you won, I should say, compared to the Democrats, you'll make up for it because you then get to go back to the base that you've been lying to all these years and fundraise off of them over how radical and bad the Democrats are. You cannot lose. You cannot lose. 
Republicans lose this fall. The Democrats are going to be every bit as communist in January as they are right now. Maybe more. And then they'll just go right into they'll go right into impeachment. They will not be able to contain that element of their base. MSNBC will not permit it. You don't talk about lighting yourself on fire. Rachel Maddow will light herself on fire if there's not an impeachment hearing by freaking Valentine's Day next year. Are you kidding me? They're going to have to. And then if you're with Republicans, you'll go right back to all the people you're lying to right now. That you're betraying right now. That you betrayed and lied to for eight years about repealing Obamacare. You'll go right back to those same people and say, gosh, look at these Democrats want to nullify the election. All they do is hate Trump. And you can count on the fact most of the people that are pissed at you right now will rally to you with that message later. You can't lose. It is heads I win, tails you lose. This is not the stupid party at all. This is brilliant. They have created the ultimate shell game. They can't lose. The House wins. They're Vegas, guys. Vegas, baby, Vegas! That's what the Republican Party is. They win. Every November. Doesn't matter. They get the majority, and in that case, then instead of pandering to you here at the end of an election cycle, they are out there writing as many of checks out of your money to their special interests as they can right now. That's what that's what the crapnibus is. After promising you for the five years before this they would never do stuff like this, that's what they're doing. So they're going to pay off their donors and their lobbyists right now. And then if they lose in November, they won't have as much leverage to shake down K Street that the Democrats will, but they'll make up for it. By coming back to most of you and saying, see, these guys, what a bunch of whining communists. It's Marxist madness. And they want to impeach Trump, fearless leader, which most of the Republicans would like Trump to be impeached too because they hate his guts too. Not for maybe some of the same reasons that if you're a conservative, you're disappointed by what you're saying, but because he's not them. He represents a different faction of people that they hate every bit as much as the Democrats. They think you're, they think you're every bit as deplorable as Hillary Clinton does. The beauty of it, though, is they don't have to come right out and do it now. They can just they can shadow box, pretend to fight the Democrats while they do it. Then they will blame the Democrats for doing what they really wanted to do all along, which was nullify the last election. And then on top of it, your email inboxes will be flooded with send us 10 bucks to fight the Democrat impeachment scam. Stop Democrats from disenfranchising 65 million Americans. They're not stupid at all. We are. We are. Every pundit calling in the stupid party is either in on this scam or just not smart enough to see through it. Or there's a third option. We don't really want to believe we've been had yeah, I remember before, when I was still a pagan, before I met my wife, I've talked to you guys, but I've been, you know, we're always honest about who we were. Amy and I were a shack-up couple. We met in a hookup chat room on AOL. Before I met Amy, there was another woman I lived with. Jennifer was her name. Can't remember her last name. And she was a single mom. And we hooked up, and she lived with me, and... I thought her daughter was just adorable. 
I think I liked her more than Jennifer, frankly. I came home one day from work at the mailroom and the news desk at the Des Moines Register. Those were my two jobs back then. Mailroom at Blue Cross Blue Shield during the day, sports desk doing agate box scores in the sports department at night. That was how I worked. Came home that night. They were gone. Out of the blue. She came, went back home somewhere. It might have even been like some Arkansas or something. I don't even remember now. Oklahoma, I don't know. Some state south of here. Went back home to be with her baby daddy. I was freaking crushed, man. I don't think I left the house for like three days. I got up on the third day. No pun intended. I got up on the third day. And I realized, you know what? I didn't really like this chick that much. thought her daughter was adorable. I kind of like playing, you know, house daddy with a cute, you know, little princess like her daughter. You know what I'm really crying about in this house for the last three days? That I got freaking blindsided like this. My heart isn't broken. My ego is bruised. There you go. She freaking got the drop on me. And in my pride, I'm like, I'm the smart one here. I'm the most, I was voted most likely to succeed in high school. What are you talking about? She, to use some survivor terminology, because Amy and I have watched every episode and love the show. She outwitted, outlasted, and outplayed me. That's what I was in here crying about the last three days. I'm a sucker. She used me. Probably to make the baby daddy jealous. And once it worked, went back home. That's another reason why some smart people are holding on to the idol of the Republicans being the stupid party. Who wants to admit you've been had? You like doing that? Let's keep it real now. We're all guys here. So it's not a question with a guy of, of how much he's driven by his ego. It's, it's whether he's being driven in the right directions by it. Let's just keep it real. Can I get a witness on that? No? Guys oh, going to no. leave me hanging? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, okay. I thought, yeah, it was, right. it was implied. So what, what, guy, what guy wants to sit out there? Who's, who's, who, what guy who's yelling about the stupid party on Twitter today? I don't know. Just pick a name. I don't know. What smart conservative guy wants to come back the next day and say you know what man i'm actually i'm with stupid it's me i'm letting them get away with this all this time they're not they're not dumb this is an incredible scam they have going on and they're good and and i've let them get away with it all this time name me the guy who will willingly admit this and i remember after i came to that realization with jennifer I then went back and replayed in my mind several things that i chose to ignore in the weeks and months leading up to this moment that now all suddenly made sense. But I didn't want to admit I was getting played here. So my ego just filed those things in a circular file in the back of my mind and moved on. But then after the betrayal was known and the circle was now complete, Lord Vader, I could go back and reverse engineer it and it all makes sense. I would have have never voluntarily 
said to myself. Like I would have never brought myself. My ego would not have permitted me as a man to come home one day and say, yeah, I don't think you're on the up and up here. Get out. That's just not how our male egos work. Because that would have, that's why when your buddy tells you, hey man, I caught her cheating on you. Who are you, who are we mad at guys when that happens? Always the buddy. Every time. Why are we mad at the buddy? Because we should have seen it coming. We got blindsided. We got played for a sucker. Our ego is bruised. Same thing's going on here with us in the Republican Party. Those that are playing the stupid party game are in one of three camps. A, they're in on the scam. B, because there's money to be made. B, they're not that smart and they can't see it. Or C, it's willful blindness because the ego just isn't built to admit, wow, I've been rolled. No, the Republicans are not the stupid party at all. This is the greatest con at the very least since Bugsy Siegel opened up the first casino out on the strip, guys. And they created a model. Steve, why does the point spread move? Why does it move during the course of a week or before the game or before it takes place? Why? Because the original line will be what Vegas actually thinks the team should be favored by. But Vegas isn't in the sports prediction business, guys. They're in the money-making business. And they make mistakes, too, because they're human, too. And they'll put a line on a game, and it might be dead wrong. Or, or, or they, they don't know about an injury. And a bunch of the public will jump on one side. What will Vegas then do at that point? Adjust the line. And why will they do that? Because they're not in the sports prediction business. They're in the money-making business. And so all they want is an equal amount. When, by the time the game kicks off or tips off, whatever the sport is, or first pitch, by the time the game begins, the goal is have as much money wagered on each side of the line. Because then they get what's called the fig or the juice. It's basically a commission. It's 10% that you pay them for making the investment wager like you pay a stockbroker a commission for wagering on the stock market. And that's their... That's, that's their fee. And then they don't care who wins and loses because they make a 10% profit off of every investment. Everyone. How many of you right now that are phenomenal business people can say, every time you put your money into something, you know right now you're getting a 10% ROI. Can you say that? Not unless you're Warren freaking Buffett, you can't. Vegas can. When this tournament, how good are these guys? When this tournament tipped off, 68 teams, because they have what are called futures markets, meaning you can bet on in, the, in the future who you think will win the whole thing. They had so manipulated the odds so well so that an equal amount of money was, was bet on every conceivable side. Out of 68 teams, the only two teams that if they won the tournament, Vegas was going to lose money. Two out of 68. Two out of 68. One of them's Arizona, who lost in the first round. Which means there's one team left that if they win the tournament, so much public money came in on them, Vegas couldn't manipulate the odds to compensate for it, to balance the scales. Do you know who it is? Can you guess? Dun, 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 it's Michigan. Dun, dun. Yes. 
Aaron's right. Arizona and Michigan were the only two teams that if they won, if they win this tournament, Vegas was going to lose money. And one of them went out in the first round. Michigan is still there. Would you like to have a business where you know there are 68 potential ways you could lose this deal? But you know going in, 66% of them have no chance to defeat you. Would you take those odds? Yeah. Hell yeah, anybody yeah. would. And that's how the House always wins. That's the Republican Party. If they win, they win by winning. And if they lose, they win by losing. They lose in the fall. Mitch McConnell, when I launch my book at CPAC next year, if they'll even let me in the place anymore. Mitch McConnell, like the last time I launched a book at CPAC, Mitch McConnell will show up waving a rifle in the audience. And the dogs will lap it up. Froth at the mouth. Because he's one of us. Fighting those Marxist Democrats. Thoughts on that, Todd and Aaron? To listen to that and your answer isn't like uh, Neo at the end mm-hmm. of the third um, Matrix movie, I've got to stop this fight. That the, the way to win is to stop playing the game. You, whatever answer you have, and if it's not that, you're wrong. You're utterly wrong. And not only that, you're complicit. Yep. Which pill are you going to take that... This paradigm can't work. It's, it's not, not that it won't. To. It's it can't. It is not possible for it to work. Marshall writes, dude, I just finished listening to the first three of this week's podcast shows. Mondays and Tuesdays about Cambridge Analytics and infotainment. Help, they helped to crystallize things about A, the 2016 election in terms of Ted Cruz, B, Fox News, C, and the truth about the American psyche in terms of the news. It also helped confirm what I thought about baby boomers. The question I, I have relates to the infotainment. If Christians, those who actually take their faith seriously, are looking for the truth as it pertains to the gospel, should they look for the truth as it pertains to the world in which we live? Much of my church, which is a Baptist church, say it says they believe in Christ and yet by and large are both baby boomers as well as Fox News devotees. And the Gen Xers and Millennials actually have more seem to have more demonstrated faith. However, both sides by and large just want their infotainment and tribalism and are not actually seeking or willing to look at and see the truth. You answered your own question, Marshall. You answered your own question. I mean, we have, I mean, the baby boomers, the average Fox News viewer is 68. I mean, they just sit there. What was the Kiss song we used to dance to at junior high dances back in the day? Lick it up. Lick it up. Lick it up. That's what, you know, Fox News viewers are sitting up there. Just, that's what they're doing, man. Licking it up. Can't get enough. Yeah. And that's what the other side's baby boomers are doing on all the other channels. It really is perfect that two of the people that are in the swirling in the middle of our news cycle all the time are prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. And then, but, but you know what? The, um, the millennials or the baby boomers, or not, I'm sorry, the Gen Xers, us, uh, we have our lick it ups. Drudge. 
pick your favorite websites, right? Those were the things we were kind of weaned in on the yeah. in for the, the the digital age, the cyber age, okay. And then for Aaron and the millennials, it's Snapchat and Facebook and Twitter, okay. And and you know, well, if I if if I didn't see it in my Facebook feed, it's not true. If I didn't watch it on Fox, it's not true. If I didn't read it on Drudge, it's not true. Or if I didn't read it on HuffPo, it's not true. If I didn't see it in my Snapchat, it's not true. They're all falling for the same idolatry. Just looks different for every generation. For baby boomers, it looks like cable television. For Gen Xers like us, it looks like the internet. For millennials like Aaron, it looks like social media platforms. Same thing. We're just trading fake news infotainment back and forth while mocking the and while while haughtily mocking the delivery mechanism the generation we're not a part of <laughs> prefers. You're laughing, Aaron. Is that not the truth? <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. I mean, we sit there and like to we sit there and like to point out the stereotype of the cussing grandmother in a nursing home who just sits there and watches Fox News all day. What's your generation do all day, Aaron? What are you looking at all day? What I'm looking at right now. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> what's our generation doing? Oh, what's what's Rush saying? What, what's on Drudge? Are, are we not? Sure. Dang right we are. Dang right we are. When I used to do worldview at our old church, and I was one of the younger people in our church at that time. We had an older church. And I used to say to the older people, the baby boomers in my class, don't give me the Fox News answer. I would ask them, why as Christians do we not support a welfare state? What do you think their answers were? Because it's not physically responsible. Yes. And variations off that theme. I said, don't give me Fox News answers. That's not an answer. You have to, some young millennial who's been worked over by Rob Bell or Bernie Sanders and um, some fake campus ministry uh, you know, with its coexist bumper stickers at the college you paid them, paid way too much for them to go to, walks up to you and says, Jesus says to love everybody. Why are you guys, how come you guys want to do food stamp programs? Your answer is they're not fiscally responsible. So you, you want, you're more worried about having 50 or 100 more bucks in your paycheck than starving people. You think that's what Jesus would do? Think you're going to win that argument, Todd? Hell no. Not in the public domain, no. No, you're not. It's like Marco Rubio and immigration, Ted Cruz and natural born citizenship. Even if you got the right argument, the argument taking place itself means you lost. You already lost the argument. You give it, once you've allowed them the high road to give to throw that talking point out there, you have already lost. Can't possibly, as a Christian, justify I should get more take home pay than and let more people starve. All right, that's not the reason why we hate that attack is because it actually, if that actually, they're pointing out a basic Christian sentiment, guys. That's why it works, okay? It's just the premise and their application of it is flawed. But if you can't deduce that from a biblical worldview, you're going to play right into their scam and they're going to whip you with it. So I used to sit there and say to the older people in my class, stop giving me the Fox News answers. What's the biblical answer? How many of these seasoned saints? been studying the Bible longer than I've been alive in some cases, could give that answer without me helping them. Very few. Almost none. And the only reason I could do it, you know, I was sitting on a treadmill one day studying Romans. 
And I noticed this, past, this, this pattern in the New Testament that for the most part, starting with Matthew right to the very end of Revelation, it was funny, most of the New Testament is about what God is doing for you and has already done for you. As opposed to the typical, here's what you must do to please God we see in other religions, right? That's why when I came upon this passage, it stood out. Because this was affirmatively putting the pressure on me now. Do not, do no longer be conformed to the thoughts and patterns of this world. This is Romans 12. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then Paul follows it up by saying, only then, once you have offered your body, once you, you, you have offered, once you have offered, once you have done so, you have taken the initiative. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to believers. Unbelievers cannot do what Paul is asking. Grace is not operating at that intimate level in their lives. The Holy Spirit is not inside of them. They cannot voluntarily say, you know what, my body, you don't walk out of the brothel and say, you know, man, three at once, that was crazy. I think right about now, though, I'm going to offer my body up as a living sacrifice. So it doesn't work that way, okay? He's talking to believers. And he says to believers, you offer, you offer, you do it. You take the initiative. You offer your body up as a living sacrifice. And only when you do this, Paul says, only when you do this, can you know God's perfect and pleasing will for your life. Only time, only way to know is to do that. Now that is rare in the New Testament. You don't see that a lot. Much of the New Testament is rest, rely, wait. God is at work. This is a rare moment where Paul in the New Testament says to you, you offer, you take the initiative, you do this. This is expected of you. And here's how God will reward you if you do. That blew me away, man. That was like, that was a mind-blown moment on that treadmill that day. And so for the next several years, man, I read everything I could. I watched every Christian channel you can imagine. I DVR him, TiVo him. What you, that's how I got to know who all the... That's why I know so much about Paula White, Joyce Meyer, T.D. Jakes, D. James Kennedy. Name a name. I watched them all. Hours upon hours. Because the conviction that day was, you know, I can sit here. We were talking before the show about the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. What did I do from memory? I went back to 1979 and I just started giving you year by year who all the final four teams were, what all the seats were. You guys remember that? Yeah. That was 10 minutes before we started the... And the, that, same, and the same person who goes to church who can't tell you why exactly. welfare is wrong, they will t- look at you and say, uh, sports is evil, Steve. Exactly. And I, but that day on that treadmill, it dawned on me, man, if I can do that with all these meaningless sports facts, if I can deduce trends, because I was a sports talk radio host at that time. So this is what it means to have a worldview. I can take the stuff I know, the facts I know, and I can fuse them into... A framework, an ideological, intellectual framework by which I communicate to people. That's what a fully systematic worldview is. Well, if I can do this on sports and I'm going to commit my life to this new paradigm, I'm going to even bet my own eternal soul on this paradigm. Should I not, at the very least, know as much about that 
as I do Star Wars. You know, I think so. Otherwise, you need to give up Star Wars. Exactly. And that's how I got here. That is the only affirmative role I have played in my development as a believer. Every other... (laughs) Normally, when we attempt to play affirmative roles, we stunt our faith. Because who is at work in us? Ourselves in Christ or Christ in us? Who is it? It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. He does the work. And so when I found this, this verse and Paul says, this though, you do. You must do this. That was like, wow. And it was one of the most convicting moments of my life. I am a fountain of useless facts. We can't even do game night at my house anymore. People won't even come. Shouldn't I apply the same attention to detail to what I'm betting my own soul on? And that's why I'm able to do this. I don't, I not some seminary education, and I don't have a problem with any of those things. But all I did was I took Paul's charge to me and to all of you, if you're a believer, that I took seriously. And I was transformed by the renewing of my mind. It's why I have no problem. Give me all your hostile questions. I don't care. All I simply did was say, God gave me a natural intellect and I have used it to become a fountain of useless information. Maybe in one area of my life, I should use it to become a fountain of the most useful kind of information. That's all. All of you listening to this can make the same transaction if you have God's grace actively at work in your life. You can make the same paradigm adjustment too. In fact, you're commanded to. You're commanded to. You are not permitted to outsource that. But instead, we like it spoon-fed. It's why we read more books about the Bible than the Bible itself. And there's nothing wrong with books about the Bible. But I mean, if, if your avatar is John Calvin and not Jesus, you're doing it wrong, guys. Okay? You're doing it wrong. Especially because if you're one of those Catholics aren't saved, uh, who wants to tell them? Oh, I get it. If we're doing Protestant tradition, then it's on an equal weight with the scriptures. Then, it, then, then, it, then, then, it, then it's the word of, if it's Calvin's Institutes on Religion, but St. Aquinas's views on natural law, one comes from the tribe we're not a part of, so it's not sola scriptura, but one comes from the tribe we are a part of, so it is. I feel you. Bet that stung, didn't it? There's not a person listening to me right now. If the grace of God is at work in your life, that you can't take up Paul's charge. Which Peter reaffirms, by the way, at the end of his ministry later in the New Testament. Always off have a ready defense for the hope that you have. If you're going to stand there as a Christian and say, no, I don't believe government should help people that can't help themselves in this way. By golly, you better have a damn good reason for that. Because that's going to be counterintuitive to what most people's preconceptions about a Christian message are. And you better have a better reason other than, well, these programs are inefficient. 
Want to talk inefficiency? Let's look at your checkbook, bro. What do you got in a savings account right now? What's your credit debt to ratio, to income ratio? See where I'm going with this? We make arguments our own lives can't defend. And that's because we're partisans, we're not patriots. We sit around with our lapping it up. Lick it up. Lick it up. Oh, oh, yeah. It's like a seventh grade freaking dance at Jackson Park Junior High. We're just out there doing devil horns and then dropping Jesus bombs. And hey, did you see what Lauren Grimm said tonight? I'm going to stop now before we lose every last listener we have remaining. (laughs) But I could go on. Trust me. And right about now... Samuel Bates, like, I am never emailing this show ever again. <laughs> Final thoughts for the week. Gentlemen, go. <laughs> I would um, usually say don't end up in a ditch, but don't end up in Steve's <laughs> inbox. <laughs> That's a t-shirt, too. Yeah. There you go. Um, just remember, if you're looking for more, it's time to wear less by Steve Dace. Nice. Nice. I'm not going to give out the feedback information because I'm, I'm not sure right now anybody would be willing to take me up on it. So let me just say over the weekend, we're having a two for one on sackcloth and ash. All right, promo code John the Baptist. All right, promo code John the Baptist, and uh, you too uh, can sample a little of uh, what we've got going on here today, Steve Day Show, where we are we are doing broadcasting via alienation, mm-hmm. and it's a paradigm that hasn't been tried yet, but we're going to see if maybe we've latched on something. <laughs> <laughs> if you offend people enough, they'll keep coming back. I, amazingly. I like our odds. Nice. Considering the other options we have, I like our odds. That's, you know what? I can say this. The market's already cornered on selling out. Yeah. We're going to see what kind of market there is on putting people off. Let's see if that works. <laughs> Growth industry, baby. Oh, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, and hey, we love you. That's, that's why we drop these truth bombs, all right? John 317. is Steve Dace. I like it, you.